0: Hey, everybody, I'd like to talk to you about Studio Headphones. Once again, I mean, no matter the flavor or style of headphones that you like to use, whether it be, you know, the Bluetooth dangly around the neck thing or just wireless Bluetooth earbuds or the stylish, cool, over the head, submersive headphones like the Regents are um, Studio has you covered. So go to studio.com and get your 15% off your order on some already affordable headphones. I mean, that 15% off is just the icing on the cake. So go to studio.com and use promo code 3RSHOW15. We add numbers on there, but still the same great value and discount and all that cool stuff. But anyway, before we roll into the episode, we have a voicemail from Memphis Diva 99, Miss Kayla Stevenson author of the book, Monday Mornings. And uh, she rides apparel. I don't know the website right off the top of my head. But she has something to say about hooks, rubs, and spices. So stay tuned.
1: Ooh, Rob, we're going to talk about hooks, rubs, and spices. This is Mrs. Caesar 99. And I wanted some buffalo wings and fries today when I got home from work. And so I said, let me cook. So I took that that uh that spicy that sweet spicy uh cooked rub and spices and put it on my French fries and Lord I thought I was at Five Guys restaurant because they got some fire fries and my God it was delicious and I thought I was at Five Guys restaurant but I was actually in my kitchen so it was really good oh my God it was delicious. It's just great. I don't know what this fascination that I now have for food. It just makes life so much better. Well, that's all I want to tell you about hooks, rubs, and spices. I think it was that smoky burn, whatever you call it. But at least I got the hooks, rubs, and spices correct, so don't check me. Okay, then. I'm going to get through watching Queens of the South on USA. It's a fire movie. Uh, oh, the commercial. Okay, yeah. Random, rambling with Rob. Random, rambling with Rob. Want
0: to talk shit? Just call in. This random, random, with Rob. What up, everybody? This your boy B Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. I don't know how you might do it. You might damn, let's say, if you're listening to audiobooks. Well, nah, that don't make no sense. I retract that statement because if you listen to audiobooks, you can't listen to motherfucking podcasts unless unless you're playing it out loud on your Roku, your Apple TV, or whatever... Other device that you got to do, you can play it out loud, or you might be even in your car playing it out loud. Then you got headphones in your ears playing podcasts, which is kind of productive to this whole thing that I was saying. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about when I was starting this whole sentence off. But if you do have earbuds or over-the-head earphones in, I hope you have some studio <laughs> headphones on. And um, you know you can get 15% off if you use promo code 3R Show. But nonetheless. However, you listen to podcasts? And if you're a new listener, I'm sorry I had to subject you to all that uh, verbal and audio nonsense just now about podcasts and audio books. I mean, that didn't make no goddamn sense. I'm sorry. I apologize. The show isn't usually like that, but sometimes it is. And um, I got a guest this week is uh, rounding out the trilogy or is coming up on second base. You don't know. You don't even know what order this podcast is going to come out in. But my guest this week is with the rant with that takeover is the man himself producer extraordinaire we like to throw that phrase around with the producers g-rod how are you my friend
2: i'm doing good sir and your intro is great because that's how i do my intros where sometimes i'll go into something and then i'll think about i'm like wait that didn't make sense oh well how you guys doing
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah and then why not i mean it's random ramblers it's just oh yeah it's just what it is i had a i had. Something in my mind earlier that I was going to kind of spot out. I try to usually make the intros somewhat relevant to the guests. So, I mean, I know you're doing books. You have books out. You published a book most recently, but I don't know about the audio book. And I was just thinking about podcasts in general, how their audio and it is. It was a big fluffle. I don't even know if that's a word, but I said it <laughs> should be a word. Yes, it is a word. I, I feel if you can say it, if it's verbalized from your mouth, from your brain, it's a word. Oh yeah, I agree. Totally agree with if, that. If it's not, you know, nationally, uh, worldly, globally recognized, I mean, that's another thing. But I mean, it'd probably pop up in Urban Dictionary somewhere.
2: Very soon, we should definitely put it up.
0: <laughs> now let's think about the Urban Dictionary. They got a lot of um, what, what I guess like sexual things in there. Like you know what the Superman is, right? Is you you hitting the girl from the back, you skied on the back, oh, yeah. then the sheets
1: <laughs> yeah. stick to yep. it
0: like a cape. Yeah, they got shit like that in there. So I think Kerfluffle might. Fall under that category or whatever. If we could make this kerfluffle uh, sexual act, how would you go about it? What would you how What would it entail from from your point of view?
2: Oh man, um, put me on the spot. I like it. Uh, I don't know, man. That's uh, that sounds like it involves a whole bunch of different things happening at once. Maybe a group situation.
0: Maybe somebody by the name of Kurt in there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe it'd be a better name for an orgy like orgy just sounds so weird uh they're your word i can't even say it right um kerfluffle. i just tried <laughs> K- kerfluffle <laughs> yes. yeah something like that that could just be a name of an orgy there you go i i like that works
0: yes uh, an orgy taking place with multiple pillows there you go kerfluffle there you go you did it <laughs> <Urban dictionary. laughs> pick it up I but, like it. But man, second appearance on the Random realms with Rob and I mean I think it's been a year or two just like I was discussing with Ant-Man and just like <laughs> Ant-Man um it's been a lot going on since the last time you was here you know yes, sir. Uh, yep. uh, songs from the moment wasn't here um your blog wasn't here to come back kid I mean a lot of stuff has changed from G-Rod then to G-Rod now I mean there's been a lot of downs and um you're coming back around, uh, you know, to top form or whatever. I mean, what is the last year or two years since you've been here been like, man?
2: Oh, man, it's it's been a roller coaster, my friend. Um, I'm currently not in Los Angeles right now. I'm uh, back on the East Coast where I grew up. I'm not in the city where I grew up. I'm currently in Philadelphia because uh, I didn't want to go directly home. Uh, I just wanted to be in a city where, you know, possibly you can get back to work in my field. Um, but I, it's been an uh, ups and downs, man, like a roller coaster, and a lot of good has happened since the last time we talked and there was a lot of bad and got to take it for what it is, learn from it and move forward. And, you know, I didn't think I was going to make it there for a bit in the beginning of this year when everything happened, but so much magic came out of that situation, that dark time. And I'm, I'm almost to where I want to be. There's a few more steps I need to take, but I'm, I'm getting
0: there. Yeah. And not to get too much into, you know, you know, the instances that you were speaking about, but, you know, in hindsight, we see a lot of things um, from where you were then to where you are now. Um, if you could go back and change anything, would you? Because, I mean, for me personally, I know I've been through a lot of shit in my past and I love where I am right now. So I'm kind of hesitant. To say that I would go back and change anything because it might knock me off of where I am now.
2: Oh, no. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, if you would ask me this question about five years ago, I totally like, yeah, I, am I, you know, would do everything over again. Um, I made a lot of unhealthy decisions the last year or two of just like kind of let myself go overeating because I was depressed and I would just go to food and soda and stuff. But like it got me here. Even though that was terrible, I'm losing weight now. I'm I'm on that DDP yoga stuff, and it's been good. Um, But no, I don't regret anything. I I just feel like, you know, it was meant to happen the way it did, as, you know, terrible as it was, how it all ended out. Um, I'm here, and I'm still alive. I'm doing a lot of great stuff, and um, yeah, it's just I'm a better person because of it.
0: No, nah, I mean, we we talking about eating healthy and, um, you know, getting yourself physically fit and whatnot. I just had Michael Jai White on here not too long ago. I think, what, two episodes ago now. And um, he was just he kind of hit on, um, you know, what you eat and what you intake. He said he hadn't had, uh, like, McDonald's or something like that in over 20 years. And, Jeez. It, and it was just to say that, like, he only eats food that looks like food. That was his words. <laughs> he's like, that stuff, like, from McDonald's and Burger King, he's like, That's not like real meat and shit, you know, but like, given that he's a man with great discipline and everything, I love to eat, man. And like, sometimes we neglect to kind of look into things for their nutritional values because, man, I love motherfucking McDonald's goddamn chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, no I, I think the prices went up though, but I, I, especially when they, you can get a 20 piece for $5, shit. Mm,
2: yeah, that's, that's a tough sell, man. Like um, I know that was part of my problem when I was out there. There was a McDonald's down the street and like my, the, the person who I was with uh, for the four years, uh, her and I would go to McDonald's when she would get home late. I didn't feel like cooking. You know, and it just wasn't... It just it was easy. It was right there. Yeah, And, you know, there's things like that and there's things like Grubhub and stuff that it's just easy to buy food, you know, and just get it delivered or, you know, just go go to the place because it's like right near your house. It's just... The temptation's out there. It's tough. I but know. the 20 20 piece for $5, that's, that's a good deal.
0: <laughs> and even like at Burger King, you can get a 10 piece for $1.50. So, man, shit, man. You get two 10 pieces that 20-piece? Yep. it has been in $3, you know. And, you know, I know toward the end of my run in the military or whatever, I will just like, the give a fuck gene just jumped on me hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was doing that shit because we had a Burger King that was on base, and they had like $1.50 nuggets, and I would go there with a 20 and be like, load me up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. Yeah. I, it's hard. It's it's They, they taste good. I mean, they're not they they're not good for it, but they taste good. And that's yeah. that's the tough part.
0: Yeah, I know. And then there's like the conundrum of eating healthy versus, you know, eating conveniently. And you know, mm-hmm. you go to like a Whole Foods or a Sprouts or you go to the, one of these um healthier eating places or whatever, you're gonna pay out the ass.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. It's it's an expensive habit to eat right. Um or at least to eat clean. Uh You know, I have a lot of friends who are into eating clean and stuff and, you know, they have decent jobs. But like I feel they they figure it out just by like um, coming up with recipes that are not too expensive. Like if I if it were up to me, I would eat a lot of like kale and a lot of like I would combine kale, a ground turkey and like something else to like kind of hold me over. And I would eat that every night like for dinner. But it's cheap. um, It's healthy and it tastes good. Uh, but it's it's hard to keep up sometimes.
0: Tell, tell me about kill. I, I hear this thing over and over again. I just never dove into it myself. What, what is that like?
2: It's 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 an acquired taste. It's it's. Uh, I had it when I first moved out to LA. My the person I was staying with, uh my friend Kevin, who's an actor. You didn't
0: um, you, did he you didn't try to kill you, did he? What's that? He didn't try to kill you, did he?
2: That's not the one who tried to kill me. <laughs> it's the guy before that. Uh, <laughs> and um he he you know he it's clean, you know, because he's an actor. He's been in a lot of you know, a lot of TV stuff, a lot of things like that. And uh he tries to keep good shape. And he's a short a little Italian dude, you know, from from North Jersey. So he's like always about the boxing and and you know, doing things unconventional. But he used to would just get uh Kale. Um macaroni noodles and uh, ground turkey and that's all you would eat and he introduced it to me and I was like I don't know if I want to try it but I'm going to anyway I'm in this new place new me I'm gonna try it and it tastes good cook um it tastes good when it's in a juice like those like uh green juices yeah but like raw I don't like it raw because it doesn't it's like bitter yeah so yeah, it's, it's an acquired taste. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't taste better than lettuce. Lettuce tastes a lot better.
0: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> uh, I don't know then. I mean, you had me on the ropes and then I'll use like better than uh, less. Uh, le- le- I can't talk. Lettuce is better. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm having a hard time <laughs> with lettuce, unless it's on a tasty burger.
2: <laughs> oh no, I feel you on that. I mean, it's, it's something you probably, it's better to cook with or like mix with something if like you're going to drink it like a green juice. But uh, eating it raw, I just, I can't, I, you might be different. You might try it and be like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Who knows?
0: I highly doubt it. <laughs> but if anything, um, you know, with that, you know, preparing the food, I mean, what kind of seasoning is you putting on there, man?
2: Um, I wasn't putting anything on it really. Like I, after it's what? done cooked. <laughs> Well, if it's been, after it's mixed in with everything, oh, okay. I would uh, put it in a bowl uh, or a plate or whatever, and then I put sriracha on it because there's like oh, no okay. calories in sriracha, no fat. It's like literally, I don't know how, but it's
0: it's just it's, a thing.
2: Yeah, it's a conundrum to me. It's I, I look at the back of the bottle, like, there's really nothing in this it's that's bad.
0: Spicy ketchup pretty much i mean i have a bottle downstairs you don't have to refrigerate that motherfucker nothing
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the best though i love yeah, it it's the, and like
0: it's the awesome sauce
2: and <laughs> that's what it should be called it, it is called sriracha the awesome sauce. So- that's what it says in the yeah. bottle doesn't it
0: yeah and then i got a t-shirt that i purchased for walmart and it says sriracha the awesome sauce
2: <laughs> oh that's awesome i didn't realize it said that on the bottle i have to look at it again I just put it on. I don't care what the fuck Yeah, yeah, I don't give a
0: shit either. <laughs> know what I did see in Walmart a couple days ago? Green ketchup.
2: Green ketchup. Yeah,
0: mm. it was like Nickelodeon inspired ketchup. It was just like green,
2: like like gak. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. slime or whatever. Slime. That's cool. That's pretty cool. I, I I like those kind of nostalgic grabs like that sometimes, like especially Nickelodeon. Yeah, you know, we all grow up with that stuff. So it's cool.
0: And then like nostalgia is a big thing nowadays or whatever. If you can bring anything back from your childhood, what would you bring back?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I would definitely bring back. Well, I was big in the cassette. I, I love music and I bought CDs and cassettes. CDs yeah. are still around. Vinyls coming back. Cassettes are slowly coming around. I would love to redesign the cassette player for people. Um, to like have, I, I just think it'd be a really cool thing, like a Walkman walking around with a cassette player. I mean, the hipsters would do it for sure. I totally would. I, I guess I'm a hipster, but like, I would love to bring back uh, cassettes just because, like, they're good collectible items, and it just reminds me of good times.
0: Yeah, I I can remember <laughs> just how stupid I was, man. Like, all right, you know, you can buy anything on bootleg, right? Oh yeah. So this is what I would do. I would uh. <laughs> To show you how dumb of a teenager You know when I was with my money um, I would go to the bootleg man And I would buy music from him Because he would sell the um, You know the uncut version You know the cuss words and all the other shit Oh yeah And you know it's crappy production or whatever It's just pretty much him dubbing over something On another cassette tape you know Hand painting the words and shit on there Real crappy (laughs) operation but it was Decent music so what I would do to establish some authenticity I would buy the bootleg then I would go to Walmart or somewhere and buy the clean version and then I would record the raw version onto the clean version so it'll look nice
2: <laughs> nice <laughs> that's perfect uh what the yeah because with the cassettes didn't you all you had to do was like tape over part of the uh the cassette and you could record over yeah, it for, yeah, like, like yeah
0: the commercial ones they had um the tabs in the top you can either uh break the tab out so you can record and then the ones that um had the uh, tabs broken you stuck a piece of paper or a piece of tape over the top so you couldn't record over it.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all coming back to me now. It's funny. Um, I would usually uh, you know, I would buy Maxwell blank, like blank cassette tapes yep. all the time and I would speak into the microphone introduce a song and talk about it, and it sounded stupid, but, like, uh, that's what I would do all the time, and then I would, like, play it back for friends, and people were like, oh, this is cool, it's, you sound dumb, but it's cool, I guess, <laughs> like, I, I love doing that, I guess, that's just because I always, like, wanted to be a, a but, DJ, a radio DJ, yeah, I, I always thought that was a cool did. job, so, I don't know, it's, like you said, we all did. It, it's just—it's a cool job. It—it it sounds like it'd be a great time to do.
0: Coming in live at five. This is Glenn Rodriguez with the mix at six.
2: <laughs> the mix at six. I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah, I used to do the same thing. It's just like um, when I was coming up in middle school, whatever. A lot of DJing, especially like here in Houston, the uh, DJ Screw and all those guys were real popular. So this—this how, this how much bullshit capitalism is. I can remember getting on my computer and they had a default program that came with the computer. I didn't have to download no extra software or nothing like that. I can record audio and all I had to do was um plug the little ear jack into my freaking uh Walkman and plug it into the jack, you know, the little double N and plug the mm-hmm. jack into my computer's audio um, receiver and I could record from my motherfucking Walkman on my goddamn computer that's awesome (laughs) nowadays you had to find a third-party program to do this then you gotta pay out the ass for it or you got to do the new thing that people do now like with adobe photoshop and all this other shit you got the month-to-month motherfucking subscription Yep. Fuck bullshit makes me angry (laughs) but yeah i would I i would dub all that shit on the computer and then, um, you know, how DJs, they scratch and mix and, you know, chopping and screwing and all that. And I would try to do that shit on my computer. And um, yeah, it just didn't come out right. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they were good old days. Uh, I miss doing that kind of thing. Like now, like it's so simple to record uh, and put music in it and, and all that good stuff. And I mean, I still like it. It's still fun. But the charm's not there anymore.
0: Yeah. You was talking about um, having a Walkman or whatever. I, I wish they could um, Home Alone, motherfucking Talk Boy, and they redo that shit.
2: I had one of those. I had one of those too. Those things were great.
0: And you were a kid that I would have hated because I didn't. I never got one, and I wanted one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, had, I begged and pleaded for one of those. I was, I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of that. I was a spoiled kid. Um, early days before like my brother was born and stuff i got everything i wanted and uh i i I appreciate that kind of thing but now it's like i'm glad they stopped because if it would have kept on out i'd uh, be a brat for the rest of my life for sure but i i had my two prized possessions were uh the talk boy and the white ranger sword um saba i think it was called yeah power rangers i love that thing
0: yeah, had the so. tiger on the handle, right? Oh yeah. See, man, let's talk about some of them things, man. Because I can remember being a kid and or being younger and seeing all this shit, and it was just like some of those items were unattainable to me. So, like for me, I always wanted a motherfucking power glove. Never could get the shit. I wanted the motherfucking Green Ranger flute. Never could get the shit. I wanted the motherfucking Talk Boy. Never could get the shit. Um, and then that didn't have nothing to do with like. My parents wouldn't get it for me. It's just like in my region that shit wasn't accessible. I couldn't go to a Walmart or to a Sears or somewhere and find that shit. It wasn't around.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, I think I grew when I where I grew up. In, where I grew up in Jersey, it was like that too. I think we had like a, a James Way, a Kmart, and a Ames, and we'd be like we would get really cool action figures. But we wouldn't get anything cool like that. We would have to go to the mall, which was like an hour away, um, to get that kind of stuff. As I remember, the cool things that we had around our area, were, action figure-wise, was the Terminator 2 action figures. And I was more on, big on that than wrestling action figures back in the day. Um, I had the wrestling action figures, but I, I'm a movie guy first, you know, always. And the Terminator 2... Action figures were the coolest thing that you can get around our neighborhood. But other than that, you had to go an hour away to get the cool stuff.
0: Yeah. Shit sucks. Yeah. <laughs> then I I would walk out I would come across some kids in the neighborhood who would just so happened to have one and I'd be like, How the fuck did you get that? <laughs> and be like damn near want to fight and take their shit or whatever.
2: But. Oh no, I feel you on that one.
0: All right, man. Books. Got a book just come out, right? Oh, yeah. Yep,
2: I did. It's, it's out now.
0: Oh. Um, yeah, go what, ahead. Sorry. Yeah. What was the process behind that? What, what I know, it, is it a part of the big comeback, come around, come back kid, jump through the hoops and all that stuff?
2: <laughs> it's uh, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So um, a few years ago, back in L.A., I started writing um, a short story that was based off of a short film I did uh, that is called the birth and death of a day, of, of the day.
0: I think we talked about and, that last time you were on.
2: Yes, yeah. So I I took that short film and I wrote a short story based off of it basically just elaborating a lot more. And I had this idea that I was going to do an anthology series every month. Like I was going to release a short story every month via ebook. Um, I put it out in ebook and kind of just let it simmer. I was like I'm going to wait until people actually read and see if they like it to move on with the next one. So I did for like a year. And then I found out that there's a company that Amazon owns called uh, CreateSpace. And you can get your books or CDs or anything published like card copies. And I'm like, I always wanted to hold a book that I wrote in my hand. Like I just as just a thing that I did, like even if it didn't get released, as long as I had a copy, I was fine with it. So... I did it with City of, uh, with, um, Enjoy the Silence, which is that short story. And, you know, a few people bought it and people have it. It's cool. And it makes me proud. And I was like, well, eventually I'm going to write another story. And, well, it took me a while, uh, through the hard times and everything. And once I got back here, I wrote one. It took me a few months and to kind of like flesh it out and stuff. But, uh, that's what Midnight City ended up being. And it's also from another uh, screenplay that I wrote that I never got a chance to film. It's just a lot of moving parts to it that I couldn't afford to do at the time. So I was like, I'm going to get the story out. I can't film it. I'm going to write it out as a short story. And that's what I did. And that's Midnight City. And I put it out two Sundays ago. It's part of the City of Angels anthology, which is just all the stories take place in Los Angeles. And this is only volume one. I have like three more stories for this volume. And then the second volume is going to go out. It's going to flip everything over on its head. It's going to be great. And um, I'm really proud of Midnight City. It's doing really well. People, A lot of I've already outsold the first one, which is great. Um, and I think that's due to like just, you know, the following of Rant with fat and all the other stuff that I do. It's it's cool. You know, a lot more people. I'm cool with a lot more people. So they're going to hopefully buy it. And they yeah. are. And it's, it's really great.
0: How how Important, do you think networking is when you have a um, project such as yours with um, the anthology that you're working on and just um, your other ventures?
2: I it's a it's a big deal. Like you know, when people say it's who you know, it's the truth, and it's I, a lot of it deals with that. Like you have to have obviously, if you're in a world of cre- like being a creative, you have to have some talent to to make it. But it's also who you know because they will help you to the. To To a certain uh, point to be able to get the word out of what you're doing. So if you have the talent and you know that you have the connections and the network, you can make things happen. And it's the most important thing. And I'm, I'm so grateful for being in the position that I am to be able to do something like this and put it out and people actually care, you know, and that's because of all the connections I've made over the last few years. And um, it's one of the most important things for sure.
0: Now, the um, the growth of uh, Rant with that. I mean, you've pretty much been there from the get-go. And um, here along the way, you've uh, scooped up young philium and everything. I mean, what was yep. the um, decision between you and Ant on about um, bringing philium into the fold?
2: So, it, it's funny because I always thought, you know, Rant with Ant was going to be just Ant. You know, mm-hmm. I could like, you know, when we started it, he, I brought him on to the Wrestle Addict and he was so good. We kept him, and we became really good friends, best friends. And he came with, you know, the whole story, you know, the, yeah. he came to me with the idea of, blah, 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 you know, we, we get to NEI, we leave NEI now we're here. Phil just came on as a guest the one time and the chemistry was just so well. And, and Ant's like, you got to keep him. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a no brainer. <laughs> <keep> um, it? <laughs> Yeah, And he's just he brings a different dynamic to the show that I don't bring and that that, you know, Ant doesn't bring, you know, it's a a fresh, a fresher outlook. He's he's pretty um, solid when it comes to certain parts of the program Mm -hmm. where I come in and bring my knowledge of New Japan because that's what I follow the most. Yeah. So each aspect of pro wrestling sports entertainment is covered and. We just have, we're all, we're all, you know, good friends and we just, that's how the show is. We're just friends and we don't pretend to know everything and have, uh, I don't know, we, we're we just, just three friends that love wrestling and we talk about it and put it out for people to listen to.
0: Yeah. I mean, he definitely brings a spark to the show because I can remember from, um, you know, when I first started listening, it kind of just was at, you know, running through segments and everything. You just be there in the background, you know, chiming in when uh, called upon and whatnot, and then that grew into, you know, a two-man show, you know, to yep. where you were actually more involved than you were previously, and then now Philium is into the fold, and it's just like, ah, chaos.
2: <laughs> it's, it's definitely chaos. Um, it gets goofy, but, you know, for me personally, and, you know, I, I don't really talk about this to a lot of people, but um, pro wrestling for me I've grown a little bit, not out of it. I'm not going to say that, but it's, it's become tiring a lot to, to kind of watch everything, you know, and I choose and I pick and choose what I want to watch at the times I want to watch them. You know, I'm always prepared for a show um, when we record, but I might've watched raw and Smackdown that day. So my takes going to be a little bit more fresh than, you know, but like it's, it's grown tiring. And, Sometimes I'm just like I don't want to watch wrestling at all. I don't really like talking about it other than with Ant and Phil, um, and that's not because I don't like anyone else. It's just I choose because it's it's just really exhausting and it takes a lot out of uh, out of my life. But like when I get on the mic with them, it that attitude goes out the window, and I'm I'm happy to you know do the show and talk with my friends about wrestling. You know, it's keeps us together. It keeps us. It keeps us talking, and I and I love that. It's the connection that I have with those guys. You know, it's bigger than wrestling too. So it's just, um, it just keeps everything fresh, and you know, and yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand. Whenever I was doing a um, pipe bomb with Josh and Matt, it was kind of the same way. You know, I would get that, you know, that wrestling fatigue and whatnot. But like, as soon as the microphone come on or whatever, it's just like I'm there to party. I'm I'm there to get it done. You know, and um, oh yeah. What, what I like about wrestling shows in general, not just the rant with Ant, but it's just like that those instances to where, you know, hey, I'm tuning in because I know this is a wrestling show, but, you know, the first 30 minutes or even more might be, you know, talk about something else, you know, everyday life or just what have you, you know. And I, I believe that even if you watch professional wrestling, you know, on a day to day basis or every big event or whatever the case may be, it, it, it helps a lot to have you know, that break in the monotony, you know, just talking about, hey, I went to Publix today and somebody showed me their Publix and, you know, <laughs> just something
2: yeah. stupid. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly right, man. It's, um, we're more than just wrestling. And I love it when we break into other conversations, you know, it's, um, I mean, if it wasn't for those two, I wouldn't be doing a wrestling show. I love doing it because it's them, you know, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just do a wrestling show with anyone and that's no, that's no diss on anyone. It's just, that's how I am. Um, and it's always fun when we break into different conversations and then get goofy because it just shows the other side of us. You know, we're more than just pro wrestling. You know, there are a lot more and I'll, and I'm totally honest when I say this, there are a lot more passionate about wrestling than I am. And I think people get that when they listen to it, mm-hmm. but it not, doesn't mean that I don't bring value to the show mm-hmm. because I do pay attention to the things I really like. And if I don't like something, I'm going to, uh, vo- you know, vocalize it. And a good thing about our group, too, and just a lot of people that are in our circle, um, we true we truly like cater to the fans and to the people who listen, you know, and we we don't try to tell people what to think. Or like, yeah. oh, you like this person, you suck, you know, because you don't like this person. Like, that's just not how being a wrestling fan should be or being no. a podcast. And that's what I think out of everything I value the most because I couldn't be a part of something that tries to dictate what people should like. You know, I, I don't like to influence people like that. I just like to give people ideas to make their own dishes decision on.
0: Okay. All right, uh, another question on the topic of professional wrestling. We all know uh, Ant's fondness of Nikki Bella. We also <laughs> know Williams' uh, fondness of Carmella. I don't clearly know who is um, your heart there. You know what I mean, who's your female fondie there, G Rod?
2: In pro wrestling, oh man, this is you know. I was I don't I don't really talk about it on on the show or on Twitter as much, but. I can give you two. Um, I really, really, really like, uh, uh Viper. Um, ah, yeah. who was in, who was in the Mae Young classic, um, as, uh, Piper Nevin. I really like her. I think she's beautiful. Um, and she's really talented and, you know, I don't go crazy like the boys do, but like, I, 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 I find her very attractive, but I find her very talented as well. Mm-hmm. um, I really like Scarlett Bordeaux and I'm not really into like, (laughs) like hardcore blondes like that, but um, there's something about her more than just her looks that just drives me nuts. And you know, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I'll give you one more. I find Nia Jax to be one of the most beautiful women in the WWE. And she just, uh, her smile and her eyes just drive me nuts, man. It's, it's one of those things.
0: Yeah. I like her a lot too. All right. She's good. Now, if you had a dark night situation, you know, um you you're hiring on your number one out of the three that you just had, you break the pool stick and you leave one piece of it down. Who you think gonna win in the triple threat? <laughs>
2: um <laughs> uh I would I would say Viper, man. Right, I, yep. I I I would go with her for sure. Yeah, be right? on just... the same page.
0: I, I feel the same way.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's she's my number one for sure.
0: There you go. So now now we know. And Nikki Bella, Philliam, Carmella, G-Rod, Piper Niven, <laughs> a Viper.
2: Yep.
0: Exactly. Piper Viper.
2: Viper, Piper Viper. There you go. A uh, Viper Viper. Viper
0: Speaking of, speaking uh, of female professional wrestlers, what do you think about this, uh, evolution pay-per-view that's coming up? How, what, what are your expectations for this thing?
2: Oh man, I'm so excited for it, man. It's, it's been a long time coming. Um, I think it's going to be one of the bigger events this year that a lot of people will talk about for years to come. It won't be just a throwaway show. It'll feel big. It'll feel like, a. I would, I'm hoping that it feels like a big four pay-per-view. Like that's how big this is. That it's something special. It's the first one, you know, they're bringing back stars. They're going to bring stars from NXT up. It's a big deal. And, I, I try to go into everything that I watch or listen to or whatever or do personally with, you know, not low expectations, but expectations where I'm not going to be disappointed in the end if it doesn't work out or it's not as good. I'm just like, oh, it was all right. You know, I try to find the beauty in everything, even if it's really bad. Um, but I have I have high hopes for this, that it'll be successful and people will come out of it talking about it all, all the time.
0: Now with uh, this being WWE's first all female pay per view or whatever, you know, given the things that we had within the past two years, um, what is there left to have for women's first other than you know the obvious, the uh, females main event in WrestleMania?
2: Man, that's that's uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that'd be the only one really big. Uh, yeah, or tag team champions, championships. I mean, that's something that's been rumored for the past month or two.
0: Should probably um, not have been net.
2: Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I don't, I don't even know, man. I don't. It's uh, – I feel like the next big project they'll probably work on is getting that main event at, at WrestleMania for the first time. Um I couldn't tell you when, though. I couldn't tell you. Maybe next year, like, you know, Rhonda and Charlotte. You know, who knows?
0: See, now, we, ha- whenever the pipe bomb was around, I think we had this discussion. And I think I said, I, I-, I mean, you probably had to go back in the archive because I don't remember shit. Um, I think I said it could ha- – that was last year. So, I think I said within – the next 5 to 10 years that it'll happen. And from the way things have been going now with the acquisition of uh Ronda Rousey and um I think they're working on the yeah. second Mae Young Classic yeah. and this yeah. pay-per-view I'm tending to look more toward 5 years more more yeah. than 10.
2: That sounds about right. I mean, it could be it could be as soon as next next year. I think so. Or f- 5 years from now, you know, and it, that's a good thing, you know. It's you have big stars, you've, you've planted um, or you created big stars out of these women that they could, pay. you know, main event at pay-per-view uh, or main event at WrestleMania. I think they deserve it. I think they've worked hard and I think, you know, the company going from, you know, when women's wrestling was, was alright and then it went through that weird phase in the attitude era and like pre- or post-attitude era into now, I think it's about damn time it happens
0: yeah now I, um i had a point that i was gonna go with i, I kind of bogged out <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> it happens all the time to me
0: man yeah i think you know now with the current players in place you know brock being a universal champion and um you know just glancing the, of the internet or whatever it looked like you might be signing another deal with wwe and um just the main event picture surrounding um, the WWE title or whatever. I think, if anything, just with those factors alone, that I think the females could main event this up and coming WrestleMania. Because I mean, oh yeah, if, if yeah. it stay on Brock, and you know, it doesn't matter if it's Roman or whoever his opponent is, it's going to be like uh to everybody else. So I mean, I can understand them not putting that at the main event spot. Um, if AJ Styles hold on to the belt I mean it'll be a phenomenal match pun intended mm-hmm. but I mean that's the norm for AJ as it seems or whatever so I mean it doesn't matter where you put him you can put him at the beginning you can put him at the middle wherever it's going to be phenomenal and nobody's going to be mad about it they just want to see his matches so exactly. I think right now is the prime opportunity for a female main event at Wrestlemania for this year maybe even oh, next yeah. year I think next year yeah. might be might be too late. If it if it's not this year, it's going to be in that five year window that I spoke about. But if pieces are in place like they are now, you know, around that time frame, it's definitely going to happen this next WrestleMania.
2: Oh yeah, and and it really depends on like what they do with Ronda, you know. And um, if they don't do it next year, I would say that Ronda will be in the main event within the couple years that she signed for. Um, but yeah. You're right. If if Brock signs another deal and is still the champion by <laughs> the next year, which is very possible the way that they're flippy floppy with their booking, um, it makes room for that, that match to happen. And like you said, AJ's going to have a great match, no matter where you put them. I mean, my favorite match of the Orlando uh, WrestleMania last year uh, was his match with Shane. That was the best match on the card. Yeah. Um, Surprising. And that was the first match of the, of the main show. So like, you know, it was good, you know, so um, I just I just hope if they do it, the story is really solid and they make make it the biggest deal that they possibly can. And, you know, because it's going yeah. to be like from an outsider's point of view, the biggest thing
0: because yeah, I can remember going to um, WrestleMania Dallas and um, the females were front and center on all the advertisements, the marquees and everything.
2: Mm hmm Yep. Yep. It was a big deal, man. And they brought the title back and yep. it wasn't the Divas title anymore, which was great. Um so I hope they, they treat it the same way, but a lot bigger because it is the main event in WrestleMania.
0: And um kinda to trail off of wrestling for a little bit, we're gonna kinda dab down a little bit, but like with the um I think the other two women in the UFC horse women just made their on road debuts with NXT most recently. Oh yeah, Shayna yep. Shayna Baszler is the title holder for NXT, and uh, Ronda Rousey is a current active competitor on the main roster. If that female WrestleMania main event doesn't happen this year, do you think that could be a thing they can build toward this year? The um, four horsewomen of wrestling versus the four horsewomen of UFC. I
2: I I <laughs> I think they would save that for. Uh... Survivor Series for sure, especially since all those women um, were all based in uh, Los Angeles for the longest time Um, and that being where Survivor Series is going to take place this year I think it would be dumb for them not to take a chance on it this year I think you get uh, Jasmine Duke and um, uh, what's her name Uh, uh, Marina uh, Shaver or whatever her name is Um, if you can get them to a point where they're serviceable in the ring, you can have Shayna and, and Rondo kinda like, you know, run that side of things and take care of a lot of the a lot of the hot tags and a lot of the bigger spots and I think it'll be a great match. But um if they don't have the main event and they don't do that in uh Survivor series, that could definitely be a mania card uh a match, like a marquee match. Like definitely one of the main events. So I put the quotes up in the air mm-hmm. because nothing truly is the main event anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, man, it's keep pulling me back to wrestling. Um, what do you think about, um, yeah, about the four horse women of UFC that's now in WWE, um, did not know that one of them is married to Roderick Strong.
2: Yep. That's, uh, Marina Schaefer. Um, I think it's great, man. I think, uh, there's a lot of crossover appeal. I'm a fan of both sports, though. I've not followed UFC as much as I used to. The last time I was here on this side of the country living here because I used to be a diehard where I would watch that more than wrestling. Um, I just think it's a good thing, man. I think all four of them are obviously fans of, this, of pro wrestling and sports entertainment. Uh, I think they belong. I think it's really cool. And like I said, I think the most important thing is that it's the crossover appeal and it'll bring eyes to the product that might not. Might have watched it before, or maybe they watched it back in the day. They're like, "Oh, these are the women from the UFC or MMA in, uh, in general, and they're doing these things on, on over there in WWE, and it's it's really cool." I'm gonna to check it out, especially with Ronda. Like Ronda's yeah. like the name.
0: Yep, you are correct. Now, what is the comeback kid?
2: Ah, great question. It's my favorite my favorite topic. Uh so. This song by this group called The Midnight, um, which is a synthwave group from Los Angeles. Um, I discovered them one night on on uh, Bandcamp, which is a really great site for discovering new music, um, where a lot of artists go and sell their stuff. Uh, I was one night just going through it like I usually do, and I found their song "Los Angeles" and got. I was just so hooked from the first lyric of the of the song and. They released a new album uh, last summer called Endless Summer, and The Comeback Kid was a song on there. And I was talking about how...
0: Hey, real quick, I want you to rethink your life choices real quick. If you're listening to this podcast through headphones, I really and sincerely hope that there's studio headphones. So if they are, just stop stop the podcast right now, go to studio.com and... Get your 15% off some already affordable headphones. They're they bomb diggity. I'm I'm using them right now as I record this podcast. And I appreciate if you would go to studio.com and get 15% off some bomb ass headphones. You're doing yourself a disservice by listening to that inferior shit that you're using. So go to studio.com, get your fifteen percent off your order with promo code 3RSHOW15. 3R Show 15, studio.com. Do it. Back to the show.
2: The, the story of the song is about how someone has been beat down, knocked down, the, the rough year, rough times, and but they're, they're coming back and they're going to be better and stronger. And I adopted that mindset uh, when I moved back, you know, after everything that happened at the beginning of the year. And I was like, I'm going to start a blog or start something to first keep myself accountable for everything that I'm trying to do. And not fall back on bad habits or, or, uh, you know, not keep my word, you know, just to kind of, um, put down my thoughts in case I do want to give up. I like, I have something that I'm telling the world. People know that I'm doing this. So I need to keep my promises, especially to myself. But it's also a blog and a, and a, and a a lifestyle to like kind of inspire people to do bigger things than themselves that they had goals or dreams of becoming an astronaut, uh, opening up a business or, starting a podcast, even, um, I'm hope I can inspire, motivate people to do so from my successful outings or my failures, you know, cause we all have failures and that's a normal part of life and no one should be afraid of those things. Um, but yeah, that's the comeback kid, man. That's, that's just the, it's a lifestyle basically. It's just, we all been beaten down. We've all been, you know, face first, rock bottom and it, it Just there's a there's a tomorrow we can get back up, dust ourselves off and and keep pushing because we only have one life. And if we just, you know, suck about things and it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be, you know, um, down. But at some point you need to get your back 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 up and and kind of use those bad times as motivation to get back to the good
0: times. Sweet. I wholeheartedly agree. Now, um. With this new attitude, this new uh, lease on life and whatnot. I mean, other than the um, you know, the inspiration from that song that you just laid out for us or whatever, what are some other motivational tools that you use to get keep yourself up in high spirits and keep you going toward your goals and whatnot?
2: Um It's a good question. So I like to watch videos from you know people like Gary Vaynerchuk and things like that. Simple things like that. Just because they're so successful, they try to lay out plans and and give good tips. And I like Gary because Gary is a guy who is from New Jersey, like I am. He's kind of got like that no bullshit attitude. And I love that. And he'll tell you how it is. And I think a bluntness is, is perfect for motivation. You know, if you just hear someone tell you how it is and not sugarcoating it you feel more inclined to like, you know, want to be just like that or be, like, get off your ass and do something. Um, music is always a thing that motivates me too. Um, anytime I put a song on, it doesn't even matter. Like the lyrics could be sad. Like music just is a, it's a piece of art that I enjoy. And if I have music in the background, it gets me going, it gets me up and, or gets me wanting to be creative or, you know, record a show or whatnot. Um, and just the people around me, you know, I've, I've surrounded myself with some good people and, you know, that have motivated the hell out of me to get back to where I need to be. My ultimate goal is to get back to Los Angeles. It's, um, that's where I put five years of my life, uh, a lot of work, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, building my reputation there. And I, I want to continue that, you know, and I, I have this, this, uh, this hurdle that I have to get over and I'm still trying to get over. I'm, I'm like halfway over it right now. <laughs> And I know I'll get there in time, um, but those are the things that keep me motivated, and especially that one, because I, I have things that remind me of Los Angeles around me all the time. Either it's music that talks about L.A. I have My phone background it is a picture of L.A. It's just, it keeps me going. It was like, that's my goal.
0: Word. It is one of the songs, uh, I Love L.A.? uh no
2: but i should definitely have that
1: <laughs> I, <love> LA.
2: <laughs> I don't know man it's just it's like i said i not to be like a, like a sad fool right now but it, it's been a rough year and like i i keep those things around just because i love that city and when i had to leave it was heartbreaking man and it, it was it was out of nowhere and i was already coming back here and for royal rumble i was going to be here for royal rumble to you know hang out with uh rant with Ant and all those guys and um and it just kind of went the other way (laughs) and i wasn't prepared for it man i i you know paid rent and and did all this stuff and didn't really have any much money to bring back with me it was just like i was starting over again and i was my biggest fear was to come home and uh feel like i was going to be a failure but like i Got myself up and said, hey, man, you failed. It happened, you know, um, and things happen. You just need to get back up and keep going because you've done it before. You can do it again.
0: Exactly. Man. What is, um, if anything, if you can land, you know, a big budget project and everything, what would it be geared toward? Would it be toward um your editing expertise, your filmmaking or you know something within the book genre.
2: Um, it would definitely be filmmaking. I love writing books. So writing's the thing that keeps me going, and it's it keeps me sane. Um, and I love podcasting. I love all that. But that's that's the stuff I love doing to kind of keep me pushing towards my big goal, and that's making movies. Um, I want to direct. I want to edit, and I want to write a feature film. Um, and and get it produced and get it released. I don't know whether. I can aim high for a theatrical or a DVD release or on streaming. I just want to be able to do what I was born to do. And that was tell stories visually. And um that's my big goal. I mean, besides that, yeah, landing a video editing job with with something that I can sink my teeth into and be creative and not just having to like <laughs> edit the same kind of videos over and over each day because I've done that. And I know... Get to pay your dues and I, I feel like I have and I won't stop until I get what I want. It's just I'm I'm 31 now and I know I'm still young but like I, I feel like time is running out and I really need to keep pushing.
0: Now with these um, different uh, platforms that they're introducing like uh, Instagram has uh, brought up uh, IGTV and then I think there's another um, Instagram like uh, service like uh, v- v- Vero or some shit like that.
2: Something like that yeah
0: yeah and um, just all these different um, platforms that are enticing people to make video content I mean what do you think about that
2: I think that's great if anyone who's listening to my voice right now and and Rob's voice like there's ways of creating content now we have phones that film you know at like 4k now which is nuts um, you don't even need to <laughs> record with that I feel like if you want to make something there's platforms for free to upload your stuff to get it out there. And if you really want it, just do it, you know, don't let anyone tell you not to do it um, because it's easy now. And, yeah, some people might uh, might be afraid of, like, the oversaturated market. And Yes, everything's oversaturated. But people, if you bring worth and you bring value to people's lives, people will stick with you and, and keep watching or keep listening to what you got to say.
0: Oh, words of wisdom. I like it. <laughs> now um, what what do you think of philliam's uh uh, journey into a video there on instagram
2: i love him man i'm so proud of him i know he's been wanting to do a like a nerd culture pop culture uh um uh, centric show for a while and you know he's done a few different things here and there and it didn't work out or whatnot but i feel like he's found his groove especially with the growth of how he's progressed with rant the fan and who got next and all those things it's great and i i watched I watched the last couple of episodes and it's funny because he was watching um infinity war when i was watching infinity war for the second time and um he did an episode on it and i was like cool because i just watched it again for the first time since i saw it in the theaters and it's just his knowledge and his fandom it's it's contagious and i love it and uh Not to mention spitting bars there in his theme song. I love it.
0: Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I said it uh, to Ant too or whatever, I was like, this motherfucker got a theme song.
2: (laughs) He's got a theme song. It's so great. Got flow and everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, look at that. Now, um, (laughs) being with uh, Ant from the beginning or whatever, I mean, how much has he changed from um, the first time you brought him on the Wrestle Attic and from what he is then to what he is now?
2: Um, he's so much like he's always been a confident dude like I know when I remember when I first started talking to him like he came on and I remember the first words he said when I said hey I have Aunt, you know Anthony Stefano on the show with me how you doing And he's like you know he's like I'm doing good man just here you know bullshit about some wrestling and ever since that like first first couple words he got comfortable more comfortable as time went on and now he's just a superstar man and I I love that kid so much and he's He's grown so much that he's he's going to take Rant with that into new heights, you know, and it's just it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I could tell from the way he his interview styles, too, because he's interviewed the, you know, the guy who runs Beyond and, and Matt Riddle. It's just he, he gets it. He gets he doesn't ask stupid questions. He doesn't ask like, um, you know, questions that would waste people's time. You know, there's only so much time you get with with wrestlers and stuff and it's just hard to kind of like you know ask the same questions like oh so what got you into wrestling like that's a that's a fun question and all but like that guy's been asked that so much try to find different ways to uh connect with the person you're talking to and um he does that and he's good at that and i i i'm just so happy that he's as successful as he is and i'm along with you know for the ride with him
0: yeah i mean that's also uh a thing if you're a, a podcaster especially you know this person to be on many other shows and interviews and magazines and all kind of stuff and it's just what you said it's just the same shit over and over oh where are you from and all this other stuff and you know me and aunt talked about this as well it's just like i don't want to be that guy that be like I, i'm pull up the motherfucker uh Wikipedia page, and I'm just reading it. And I'm like, oh, so it says here you're a three time champion here, here, and here. I was like, anybody <laughs> can do that shit. I'm try- yeah, I'm trying to figure out what, what's your favorite breakfast cereal and all this other bullshit.
2: <laughs> exactly, you got to be creative. Like, it's it's why like when you go when you see these uh, like celebrities go on talk shows, late night talk shows, or radio interviews, they they're usually vetted before they come on. Yeah, you know, they always have someone call you. And ask you about a whole bunch of things. So when the show happens, and you know Conan O'Brien's interviewing Scarlett Johansson, he knows exactly what he's going to ask, and it's not going to be the same BS as she's been asked by other, uh, you know, hosts or, or or DJs or whatnot. So you have to be creative, you know. I mean, you asked a creative question right off the bat um, about the sex position for that word, and I'm just like, dude, this is why I like you know talking to you because you're you're a good brother. But you don't, you know, you're not going to ask me questions that are weird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. nah, nah, I can tell you I kind of felt into that, uh, that, uh, that box or whatever when I had uh, Michael Jai White on because like, seriously, I mean, one of my favorite action stars, you know, ever. And I'm talking to this motherfucker. I mean, not to call him like a motherfucking <laughs> disrespectful way, but that's just how I talk. I'm sorry. Um, but I was just like. Uh, um, so what got you into martial arts? I mean, I asked that blanket question, you know, that he probably got asked uh, thousands of times or whatever, but what I didn't do um, prior to him coming on to the show, I heard him on two other podcasts. I heard him on um, that movie show with Liam and um, Mike yep. and I heard him on the Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks podcast. Okay. And um, I heard what they asked him and everything and I tried to avoid Any of those questions at all costs. But at the same time, you know, I have my own curiosities that I want satisfied as well because, I mean, I legitimately wanted to know what got him into martial arts. And I wanted wanted to know in the vein of, you know, was it something that he pursued on his own? That was something that was his curiosity and his passion? Or was it like one of those things like how your parents put you into things or whatever?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, no, and that's a question, especially, too, with, uh, you know, you might be introducing, you know, Mike as to someone in your audience that doesn't know who he is. Yeah. So a question like that, that's perfect, you know, but then you can build off that and go into other things. And that's what stands, you know, people stand out from each other. And uh, I'm glad you asked that question, though, because I know a little bit about Michael jobway just from, like, some of the roles. But like, I don't know that background. So when I go to listen to it, I'll be informed and then like i can be like okay now i know more about this guy who i'm a fan of so um i'm glad you got him on there though because i i I know when liam did that show with him you were all about it you were tweeting them all the time so it's cool that you got him on
0: man i i I didn't know what to say i was just like ah ah, ah." (laughs) especially like when he first got on the phone or whatever it's just like he was asking me if he was him or some shit. It was just weird as fuck. It was just like, Michael White here? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I know it's you. I can see your name on the thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it like, I, let's see. Who did I talk to once? Um, We had, back in the WrestleOtic days when we did the charity stream, we had Jeff Jarrett on um, for our uh, pediatric cancer tra- charity stream. And it was nerve wracking because we didn't know when he was going to call in. he gave us like a, a big time. Like we were trying to like book all the things that we wanted to do. And he gave us a time and we, he's busy. He's getting ready for, you know, going to Dallas for, for WrestleMania weekend. Cause we did it like the, we did it the night before the NXT show. So we did it a Thursday night or Thursday morning into Friday morning. And we knew he was busy. We knew he was probably getting on a plane or probably already there. And when he called in, we didn't know who if it was him or not, because he didn't give us his number to be prepared for when he called in. So when he called in, I was like, Hey, so who is this? And where are you from? And he's like, Jeff Jarrett from Tennessee. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a total jerk. And then we had the person who set up the interview, Cade, um, uh, who had a podcast back in the day too. He did the interview and then we each asked questions and and it was just really cool. I asked him – I know at first I told him, thank you for bringing Brussels Kingdom 9 to the United States because that yeah. was his his deal. And that's what got me into Nakamura and just being a fan of New Japan in general. Same. And, um, you know, I told him, like, you know, how – with the success of that, do you think you'd be able to bring it back? And he gave us a great answer. And he was just really good. It was really cool to talk to him. But it was nerve-wracking. Especially when you make – I made a fool of myself. Like, hey, who is this in- – you know, where are you from? And it was Jeff Jarrett and I like stuttering all over the place.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> it's just I don't know what it is. It's just like if I was to walk up on Jeff Jarrett in a Walmart, you know, I, I believe I could carry on a you know, a kosher conversation with the dude or just whatever. I wouldn't have no nerves about it whatsoever. But damn. I don't know. It's just certain people that do that to you, you know, because like, oh, yeah, I, I've talked to hundreds of people on this show. I mean, just about every episode I've done of this show has had a guest. And yeah. I I think the only two times that I was rattled was obviously with Michael Jai White. And then um I think a little bit with um Marty DeMuff from uh, Lucha Underground. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, it's, it. it's crazy, man. I don't know what it is, but once the conversation gets going and everything, you kind of feel that person out, you know, it works out. <laughs>
2: It definitely does. It's just when you're interviewing people, especially like you know, um, you know, celebrities or wrestlers or anybody like that that is known, you know, because you're talking to someone that you like, you like, you're enjoying, you know of, and you're like, oh, I, I got it. It's got to be perfect. And then it happens, and you kind of like have to because you're not used to interviewing people like that all the time. I know I'm not. Yeah, me too. it's just you know, once they come on, you're like, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to say this? You just, you have this thing in your head. Like I just met with Ant on um, the Good Brothers, and uh, I went in there with something I wanted to say, and I just went up to Gallows and went up to uh, Carl, and I'm just like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" And like, just kind of just said, "Hey, I you know big fans, I uh, can't wait to see you guys tonight." And they're like, "Cool man," and you know, I wanted to go in there with a you know, too sweet and and you know, ask him about talking shop. Ant did all that, so yeah. uh, he took care of that, and I got to hear it, and so it was cool. But it's nerve wracking, man.
0: Yeah, I mean especially like for me, man, it was just like, um, I think even me and aunt or me and Phil talked about it. I think it was me and aunt, but damn, I went to Russell con for the very first time or whatever. I never been to an event like that before. I'd never been to a con or a convention period. And, um, just to be in that room with all those, you know, people that i seen on TV and you know, uh, Kiara Hogan, who used to be, there was a guest of this show that I talked to on the phone and all that stuff. To see her there in person, I was like, ah, what shit? <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy. Like, I know that's how it's going to be when we get all in mm-hmm. and how it's going to be, we're going to be in, in the same room as a lot of people that we enjoy or are really big fans of. And especially cause we get to, um, interview, uh, someone from the card, um, twice, like one person, we like get two different people, I think, mm-hmm. um, one prior to the event or, um, which I probably won't be able to be a part of because I'm going to be away. Yeah. But um, when we're there, we're going to be interviewing someone. And then, like, you know, that uh, interviewer um, from that um, YouTube channel called Ambia, Alicia uh, Tout, now she's on Impact and stuff. Yeah. Like, she's she's beautiful. I'm going to probably freak out if I run <laughs> across her. I'll probably, like, fall down or something. So, who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, how smart was that of was that of them to do that?
2: Uh, what the the starcast thing? Yes. Or... Oh yeah, it's such a good deal. Like I I knew when they were gonna do all in, like the, it was gonna be a big deal. But like now they have this convention to kind of like build off of with all the anticipation. And you know that the, the convention is not being run by Cody or the Bucks or anything. It's no. a totally separate entity run by Conrad Thompson. And um, it's it seems like it's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, since this is, like their first convention we don't know how it's going to work out.
0: Yeah, it's like a um, mini mania. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts and like they have so much going on the the four days and you know with you know um karaoke contest and video game tournaments and and all these like live podcast tapings from like you know the Tony Schiavone podcast and and uh, ICP is going to be there. It's going to be wild. It's just going to yeah. be a it's basically WrestleCon during WrestleMania weekend, but in August. Yeah. But I feel like it's bigger. Yeah. I feel mean, there's, there's like this cloud over this and a, a good cloud or a bad, not a storm cloud, but like a really nice cloud or whatever. It's just there's just so much positivity and 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 electricity that it's it's either going to be a really big success or it's going to be a a clusterfuck, but it's going to be awesome all at the same time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I want more of this. Not necessarily, you know, an all-in type thing. I want more people to be able to do something like this or whatever. There's no doubt in my mind that this all-in event and everything surrounding it is, you know, good for the wrestling business as a whole. Yeah.
2: It's uh, because, you know, you get those people that are like, you know, that joke around like, oh, I'm uh, all in. is not going to be fun. And, you know, I'm just a WWE guy. There's people that play that character on Twitter and it's fun. (laughs) But, and there's people that are genuinely like, you know, oh, this sucks, you know, it's not WWE, blah, blah. blah. People get really angry and causes all this fight. But like, this is seriously going to be uh, a really big deal for the wrestling business. And it's good. It's bringing a lot of attention to a lot of people. It's going to, um, excuse me, it's going to up their worth. So if they ever want to do sign with WWE, you know, they're going to have a lot of exposure with this whole thing. And not to mention with the star thing, it's it's good for podcasters cuz it's a podcast centric um uh festival basically. Like and they have podcast festivals. So there was um the Podcast Movement Convention was here in Philly yeah. uh last month and I really wanted to go to it but like tickets were like 400 bucks or I was like
0: damn. Look um that. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And there's like a podcast festival here. I have a friend who is, does a, uh, uh a comedy podcast, her and another uh, friend of hers. Um, they're both comedians uh, and improv uh, stand up comedians and they do a show and they're great, you know, and they, they did a podcast festival where they were on it and like, they were telling me about it and I was like, Oh man, I would love to do songs for the moment. One, one of those, like how much does it cost? She goes, just sign up and they put you on and it's free. I'm like, Oh well, definitely doing that next year because I'll still be here, you know, and definitely looking forward to it. But like more things like that for podcasts in general, it's great.
0: Now, I'm not saying nothing bad per se about the podcast movement. I know it has a lot of backing from like, you know, Kevin Smith, who's a big you know deal in the podcasting world, and, you know, other people like that. But at the same time, you know, you're talking about a ticket price of $400 fucking dollars. Is that for, you know, entering or is that for people coming to?
2: I think that's for getting in because I think it's like a big conference. So, um, I don't think it's like one of those things where it's like really open to the public where okay. like you and I can go in. I think it was like a big conference for people who are like really serious or like are really making money off of like their show okay. and being able to afford it. I, I don't want to like I'm just saying that's what I think it is. But I know when I saw the prices, I was like, ah, that sucks. I really wanted to go.
0: Okay. Now in that that same vein, we on the same page. I mean, I know nothing about it. This is just face value from what we're talking about right now. I don't know the details. I don't know anybody on the inside. I don't know shit about the podcast movement. (laughs) But just based on that alone, don't these motherfuckers know that most podcasters probably more than you know, more than least, ain't balling like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's just like it's a struggle to some for some people just to do a podcast or get the right equipment or get you know anything or whatever. And they talking about four hundred motherfucking dollars. Fuck you, <laughs> you're losing the essence it, of podcasting.
2: <laughs> exactly, and like if I, because I always wanted to do, and I, I've been working on it since we did those two charity streams. Um, and they went pretty good. The first one really wasn't like, um, like featuring a lot of podcasts. It was just like us the Russell a lot of guys just doing, talking about stuff for 24 hours. Um, and we had like things that we recorded pre-recorded and stuff for like the later night, you know, where not a lot of people would probably be watching, but if they came across it, there'd be something on, you know, and I, for both of those, uh, uh, streams, I was up for the full 24 seven cause I was the one like running everything. Um, but I want to do something like that again on Twitch, uh, but featuring all different kinds of podcasts not just focus on wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, I'm you know, we're all, a lot of us who are in the podcasting world that are doing wrestling shows are more than that. And I want to feature all a bunch of different things yeah. and like give opportunities to people that might not have the exposure, you know, that you and I have, you know, with the, you know, the, the bigger group that we, we have the, you know, our following, and just give people a chance to get out there and be heard because we all have good stories to tell. Um, I think there should be a platform for that.
0: Yeah, it's just like I'm down for opportunities, man. Um, mm-hmm. Within, the, I think, the last year, I, I've been more in the mindset of, like, this isn't my show anymore. It's like, and I, and I keep saying it, it's just that this is my show in the sense that I edit it that I, you know, I produce, I line up the guests, and I put it up on site for everybody to listen to it. And you know, and I pay the hosting fees and all the other bullshit. But for the most part, this show is for the guests. This is for you, G Rod, to talk about your ups and downs in life and your books and your aspirations and all kind of things like that. I mean, this is your show, for the most part. You know, I'm just like here listening to you tell stories as you like to do.
2: I and that's I. This is my kind of. My favorite format to listen to um, is is to kind of like have a guest talk and talk about their life or talk about whatever they're promoting or whatever and having the, the guy who hosts or the woman who hosts kind of chime in, relate, you know, and just go back and forth like a conversation. I just feel like that's the free-flowing conversation like we're having right now. It's the best listen because it's genuine. It's not robotic. Like a lot of podcasts are just so robotic and so – um, you know, formatted and everything. I just, I can't listen to those manufactured type of uh, shows anymore. It's just, I want to hear real people talking about real things and, and have a good time because that's what I'm trying to do is trying to escape from everything around me yeah. and listen to something like this. That's why I like listening to your show because it's not like a robotic, you're not a robot, you know, you're not asking robotic questions and, what you know, you're
0: does not, compute. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, the Cylons are
0: here <laughs> So, yeah I mean, I mean, there's a place for that stuff Because like, there's a show um, That I listened to um, For over a couple months now It's called the Albie and uh, Radomus Prime show And um, mm-hmm. these two guys Former um, radio hosts And um, they good friends And they get together and they talk about news articles Or whatever, I mean, that's formatted But the way they go about it Is just like Fucking hilarious or whatever. It's just like they put their personal spin on all these things, and it's just I don't know, man. If if you got time, about forty-five minutes to an hour, check them out.
2: Oh, I definitely will. You have to, you have to text me the name so I can look it up. And I, I, I'm backlogged with a lot of uh, with things I should be listening to and things I want to listen to. And that's the worst, you know. It is. It's like because I. It's not that I don't have the time. I tend to like when I work listen to music than listening to podcasts because I want to pay attention because I, I, don't, I, I know a lot of people that put podcasts on in the background. Um, I tend to put, and this is for, for sure. Serious. This is what I do every night. I listen to uh, talking shop every night when I go to sleep. So I have something light when I go to sleep. So when I, if I'm dreaming, it's always funny or stupid because I'm listening to them, them guys, those guys like goofing off. Yeah. So, uh, but if I want to listen to something like that, I want to be, present in the in the moment and listening um like a joe rogan podcast or or kevin smith stuff or um your your show in in for example like i want to be there listening to it and not having it on in the background
0: yeah and see and that's the thing too is just like i'm the same way i like i can't actively be doing anything when i'm listening to a podcast because i'll just miss out on shit and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about then i have to rewind it and go back you know but like music, I mean, hell, man, I could put that shit on in the background and just be doing all manner of things. I can be down cleaning the windows, washing dishes, uh, standing on one foot, twirling um, a plate while I'm spicing it with hooks, rubs and spices. It's just <laughs> <laughs> but with the podcast, I mean, I, I I try to be locked into it because, I mean, as a podcaster, I would want somebody to do that for me. And also what I love and um and enjoy about being a podcaster is the interaction for like somebody to quote something that I said from my show or you know to bring up a point that we discussed on the show or anything like that. That shit is cool. And um I think it's just fucking awesome. And I don't wanna no, I don't wanna yeah. charge nobody four hundred dollars for that.
2: I know exactly, yeah. Like I, I I always get a kick out of like, you know, you know, Ant comes up with that that that, that uh, weird Tinder roll tour thing. And yeah. then people tweeting and tweeting out. And I'm like, dude, this is so funny. Because it's it just based off of jokes. I told him one night that I was on Tinder looking looking through, um, trying to get back into the dating game again. And um, he's just like, oh, the Tinder G-Rod Tinder World Tour. And then I created that photo on Photoshop and sent it to him. And now we're thinking about releasing it as a shirt. I don't think anyone would buy it. I wouldn't buy it. Fuck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but if
0: people would buy it, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. man. Yeah, so tell us about the um, G-Rod Tinder World Tour. Oh,
2: gender, uh, the gender. Fuck. Gen- the, gender <laughs> the gender Tinder World Tour. The Shanti. The Shanti. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the G-Rod Tinder World Tour is uh, rolling through Tennessee this week. Um, and then I'll be in Chicago, Illinois, if you want to hit me up on that on that Tinder machine.
0: Yeah, yeah. P- picking up uh, Jeff Jarrett while you in Tennessee.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to go out and uh, sing... Um, uh, my baby. be along with my baby tonight <laughs> yeah, my baby
0: <laughs> oh shit alright man um, going forward I mean with the um, the the enterprise that you have here within the ramp with Aunt, um your own creative juices, you know, writing this anthology series with your books and everything um, looking to do your editing and the directing or whatever what I like to ask people who have a lot of things on their plate or you know, aspirations and dreams and whatnot, where do you want to be, or where do you see yourself in the next two years?
2: I'm back in L.A., man. I'm working on film again, getting back into that. Uh, by that time, um, I'll have my first novel out as well. Uh, I'm actually going when I'm in Tennessee for the next couple of weeks. Before all in, I'll be finishing my first novel and you know i've been promising this thing to be out for the last couple of years mm-hmm. and now that i have the actual time to do it and i'll have no one to really bother me like i'm going down there with a couple of friends but like we're all going down there to work on certain things it's kind of like a creative um adventure for for us we're going to be in the smoky mountains um in this big cabin and we're just going to create and do whatever we're going to do and uh, by that time i have a novel out i'll be working on my film stuff in la um you know, podcasting still. Whether I'm, you know, with rant with Ann or not, who knows what the future holds for what we're going to do. I know the brand will live on no matter what happens. And uh, you know, there's a, I have a lot on my plate, a lot of things that I'm thinking about doing, and I'm just excited for the future.
0: Man, um, appreciate you, you're awesome, dude. You you you're motivating me with your comeback story and whatnot. <laughs> and um, appreciate that, man. Man, it's just been awesome having you here. I appreciate your time, dude. Appreciate
2: you too, man. And uh, everyone out there, keep listening to the show. It's great.
0: Yeah. So before you ride off into that good night, go on ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on social media.
2: Okay. Um, you can hit me up on all social media, at Real rod um, and you'll find everything that I'm doing there, the book stuff, uh, the podcast stuff, um, a little quick shout out too uh September 10th if you are in the Philly Philadelphia area or if you have the iHeartRadio app I will be on radio 1045 uh Philadelphia's uh, rock alternative uh hosting um my mind. pretty much it's exactly what it is it's called your finest hour and it's a pl- based off a playlist that I submitted and they picked my playlist and I am scheduled for this September 10th Uh, episode and I'll be going on there talking about the playlists and the songs that I picked. So essentially um, I'm doing my shtick from songs for the moment on the actual radio machine. So I'm kind of, kind of excited about that. It's a, it's a big opportunity and I'm going to go in there and do my thing and, you know, never know what could happen. I'm not like going in there aiming to to land a job or anything, but I'm hoping someone listens because it'd be pretty cool to do something like that.
0: Yeah, man. I wish you all the luck in all your future endeavors. I'm not saying you're getting fired or nothing, but I'm just like... Oh you know. no! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Johnny Ace. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you get on there. And you, you
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. It's it's been good to be back on the show, and uh, um, I, I'm proud of you too for how far you've come with the show and everything. I really enjoy it, and uh, it's always good to come on here. All
0: right, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. No problem. All right, we're clear. All cool, right. man. Um, I, like I said, I, I told Ann, I was like, I'm not going to tell you what order these are going to come out in. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the next two weeks it will be um, all rant with that. It'd be your episode than his or his than yours. You never know. It's a surprise. It's random.
2: <laughs> it's random, man. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. I'm, shit. I'm going to save this and then I'm going to edit young filliams every time i say that i gotta say young filliam or sir filliam <laughs> um i'm editing his shit so i can re-upload it with some volume some some bass and treble and shit making trainer <laughs> uh,
2: make a <it> trade <laughs> i like it for sure
0: all right man like i said thanks again for your time dude and I, keep in touch dude
2: i will man thank you for having uh, me on and uh we'll talk soon
0: yeah i dm'd you that show i was telling you about
2: oh hell yeah dude i'll put that on my list and check it out i'll let you know how i uh I like it. It sounds outrageous.
0: I like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, what is B. Radimus. The, the one that calls himself Radimus Prime or whatever. That dude is just loud and wacky as shit. I like him a lot. I'm trying to get them two on the show.
2: Oh, hell yeah. If you do, let me know.
0: All right, man. All right. Take it easy, homeboy.
2: You too, man. I'll talk soon.
0: All right. Later. And that was G-Reezy. The G-Rod. The Glenn Rodriguez wrapping up his uh, Tinder world tour here on the Rant and with Rob podcast. So, hey, if you're listening to this right now, this is episode two of the Rant with Ant experience, the Rant with Ant takeover on 3R show. So, um, I mean, you got to hear a whole bunch of um, changes in the life of uh, G-Rod. We didn't get too in-depth, too specific, you know, upon, you know, his request. I mean, well, he didn't really you know, requested. I just kind of brought some things up and, you know, I just kind of felt where he was going with the conversation didn't uh, require us taking a deep dive into some personal shit or whatever. But, you know, despite, you know, his personal trials and tribulations that he was going through, you know, he was able to bounce back, you know, find a new lease on life and, you know, refocus his uh, drive, his ambitions, his energy into something positive or something that he's been doing for the longest and just kind of revisiting revisiting it. You know, I'm trying to talk all professional and shit like that. That don't usually work out for me so well. But hey, I hope you enjoyed it. G Rod's a good brother. And um go ahead and check out his book. Go and look up his profile. Real G Rod on just about all social media outlets and whatnot. And it's here in the show description in case I said it wrong <laughs> and I ain't going to try to spell it. So, I mean, I'm a copy paste from Twitter and all his other places and I'm going to put it here in the show description. So look the man up, buy his book. Um Maybe if you're nice, he can um, autograph your copy and send it to you. Whatever. Y'all can talk about that offline. Not, not here though. But yeah. So the final chapter in the rant with that takeover here on the Random Rounds with Rob podcast will be the patriarch himself. Anthony DeStefano. So next week, uh, whenever you listen to podcasts, however you listen to them, um, the final episode in the trilogy will be uh, Ant, and he will be talking about you know his uh, decisions as of late. You know, coming from you know the Russell Attic to the Ram Ant on the NAI Network uh, to rebuilding the Russell Attic Radio. And um kinda of a brand shift within the Rant with Ant. You know, it's becoming his own thing, becoming his own entity, becoming his own movement. And um, it's an amazing thing, you know. The reason I kinda wanted to do this whole um three part series with the Rant with Ant crew is because, you know, G Rod and freaking ant have been here before, and that was kinda like the beginning of their journey, you know, and I, I kind of feel like in some ways I was a small minute part of that journey you know I mean I didn't influence any of their changes and ways of what they are you know, doing now with their brand and everything but you know it's just cool to see something grow from what it was to what it is now and um, I just wanted them to you know kind of tell their story you know how they revamping themselves and their brand and how everything is going to shape and mold you know in the path in the future forward so I mean it's cool it's awesome. It's great. So, I mean, you get to hear more about that next week or the next episode or whenever you listen to the shit with um, Ant, the man himself. So, yeah. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at It's B-Rob. That's I-T-S-B-R-O-B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at 3 r show that's three r s h o w and um if you're hip and trendy you should already be following at three r show two that's t o o um you can follow me on instagram just uh look up the random rambles with rob and you can see me walk the hollowed halls of walmart which mrs b rob at this current time that i'm recording is doing right now she got up early this morning as i record this because I'm piecing this thing together. And um she's at the Walmart. You know, I don't tell her to do any videos or whatever, because Miss B Rob focus is focused and driven. She wanna go in there, get a shit, and get out. It's not like that all the time. But she'll get in there, get her shit, and then be like, uh, oh, let me look at this thing. And then she walk around over here, and walk around over there, and then she come back with a cartload of shit that she didn't even intend on getting. I mean, it's Walmart. What can I say? And you can go to randomrobcast.com to where you can find different ways to support the show. You can use Amazon links. You know, you click on that joint, buy shit from Amazon. You don't pay extra. I get a kickback. Um, You got a merchandise store on there that I'm going to update because now I'm selling my merchandise through wehavemerch.com. Wehavemerch.com. So, I mean, go to wehavemerch.com. I said it enough, so you should get wehavemerch.com and um you can see some of the merchandise some new some old um some different items and everything i'm working on some new stuff so if you got some suggestions for items that you like my logos and things smeared all over just uh hit me up in the dm or anything and we can work something out um i, I talked to the dude personally who owns wehavemerch.com and he's a cool dude you know he's flexible and how he does stuff and um i'm thrilled to be working with them. So, I mean, on the website, randomrobcast.com, my merch store is, um you know, the old stuff. I mean, you can still get stuff there if you want to, but um, I urge you to go to wehavemerch.com and get the new stuff. They got a fly ass hat on there with the new 3R Show logo on there. So, I mean, it's bomb diggity. I'm getting one my damn self. So you can do that and get merch. Um, You can hit me up on the PayPal, donate some funds, or you can be a patron through Podbean, just like Brandon McIntyre, Glenn Abbott, King Ajar, Bob Hines, and Robert Cook. The, the list is growing, people. The list is growing. Be a part of the patron movement. But at the same time, fuck all that monetary shit. You don't have to give me a dime of your money. The most important thing that you could do for the show is... If you're hearing this, you're doing it right now. You're listening. So in addition to that, all the free ways that you can support the show is by listening, writing reviews, preferably five stars. But if you write anything less than five stars, I need some feedback, some constructive criticism. Give me the opportunity to ignore (laughs) your replies. Uh, So listen, write reviews, share, tweet, uh, freaking interact. Goddamn like, share, tell a friend to listen, make them listen. Hold it over their heads, you know, tape headphones to their ears. Hopefully the studio headphones. If you go to studio.com, you can get 15% off your order by using promo code 3Rshow15 and um, make them listen. <laughs> but um, other than that, speaking of studio, um, sponsored by studio.com. Great headphones. Can't say it enough. You're hearing all the ads all over the show. Um, also, Hooks, Rubs and Spices down for the spices. Rub it all over your face, neck and chest. So go to hooks, rubs and spices dot Etsy dot com. And you can get 10% off your order. Six dollars or more. If you use promo code three R show. So studio hooks, rubs and spices. You can put your headphones on studio brand and um, be jamming out to your favorite tunes while you're spicing meats and vegetables and whatever have you that you want to put the spices on and enjoying a great meal. So do that thing. But anyway, um, stay tuned. Uh, We have the conclusion of the rant with Ant takeover and um, I'll see you next time.